0: You're listening to audio from The Village Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or give to our ministry, please visit us at thevillagechurch.net.
1: Hey, good morning, family. Would you stand as we begin? This is how we're going to start. We remember the story of the gospel, all our need, all our dependency, but the Savior who's come, who's made a way for the forgiveness of our sins, been reconciled, we've been redeemed so remember what he's done remember what he's doing remember the story that we're in remember the way he entered darkness
0: to the Village Church. My name is Josh Patterson. I serve as one of the pastors here on staff. I'm excited and eager to welcome you to our time of worship this morning. Uh, if you're a guest with us, uh, I, I do want to point you in a couple of directions. Uh, one, we want to say thank you for joining us. And then two, if you're looking to find a place of connection, one of our, uh, the opening statement in our vision statement is we pray that the Village Church would be a welcoming home. We pray that's true for you you would find this to be a welcoming home. There's a QR code in the seat back in front of you. Feel free to scan that code if you'd like to digitally connect with us. That's a great way to do that. Or you can head outside these doors to my left, your right, into a room called Connection Central. And there'll be men and women in there who would love the opportunity uh, to chat with you and connect with you and point you in the right direction here at the church. We do have. We do have a service this morning uh, with a lot of elements. And I want you to know that uh, I am humbled and excited to stand here, uh, truly. Uh, so on August 28th, I said this to you. I said that this is the day that the Lord has made. And I am saying to you this morning, again, this is the day that the Lord has made. Uh, and on August 28th, it was a challenging morning, it was emotional and difficult. Uh, And good and right. And those days are days that the Lord makes. And there are days like today that are restorative and merciful and celebratory. And these are the days that the Lord made. And I want us to see as a church that whatever tomorrow brings, that will be the day that the Lord has made. Because he superintends and cares for our lives. And so there's a few things that I want to walk through. I want to let you know this, just right out of the gate, that the elders affirm Matt's reinstatement to the pulpit. Uh, Yeah. As I talked about on August 28th, uh, we walked through a series of events, and I'm going to read some things here where Matt didn't demonstrate behavior that was expected of an elder as we hold elders to a high standard because the scriptures hold elders to a high standard. We believe that, we affirm that, and we have seen that play itself out. And over the last several months, Matt has been working diligently through a development plan that was laid out for him by the elders. As a team, as an elder board, we created this plan in consultation with others, namely Summer Vincent Berger, who's our senior director of care, who has an expertise in developing plans just like this. And we prayerfully considered both the discipline and the development necessary. And we said with that plan, and this is what we told you on August 28th and then updated you throughout our time that the plan itself would help us understand when the timing was right. And uh, the timing is right. Uh, we, We find ourselves here this morning eager and excited. And let me give you a little bit of background on that. As we talked about the development plan, one of the aspects that we wanted to make sure was important, and this was our top priority, was the overall health of our church. The Chandlers are included in that. Uh, But they weren't the only people involved in that. And so there were a lot of elements that we walked through and tried to keep uh, a a real healthy pulse on over these last several months. Uh, Matt has completed everything that we've asked of him. Uh, He's done it with eagerness. He's done it with humility. He's done it genuinely and authentically. Uh, And uh, I'm a better man having watched him do it. Uh, And I'm grateful for that. Uh, And I know you're right over there. I want to thank you for that. Um, Those closest to Matt uh, have seen uh, these aspects of change, uh, and and I'm grateful for that. And by change, I'm I'm talking about just progress as we're working through the realities of our life. Uh, But to press into that takes a lot of courage, and that has been demonstrated and displayed. Uh, And so I just want you to know, church, how thankful I am for that. Um, As we talk about this posture and the understanding and behavior and all that uh, this has happened, uh, the elders relied on a multidisciplinary team to help us assess and affirm readiness. Uh, Matt's readiness, uh, the staff's readiness, and the church's readiness. And again, uh, we have come to a place where we believe now is the time. It also corresponds with uh, Matt and Lauren's 20th anniversary uh, at the church, and uh, what a beautiful irony uh, today is. And so, as we looked at the readiness, Matt's readiness, and our readiness, and and reinstating Matt, and we saw that the date looked like it was this. It was one of those moments where we asked ourselves, "Why wouldn't we do it?" <laughs> you know, we didn't plan it this way, and this wasn't the day uh, that we had circled on the calendar way back when. We didn't have a day circled on the calendar. Uh, but what we wanted to do is reinstate Matt when the time was right, and that is now. And it also happens to be the 20th anniversary of the Chandlers serving our church. And so we think that's beautiful, and we're thrilled and eager and excited to honor you and your family and to reinstate Matt uh, this morning. So with all of that context, would you uh, would you please welcome Matt back as we... Uh, yeah.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
3: you. what a weird morning of course I'm sick as a dog so, it's fine. A couple of things. Um, I know um, that, the, that the Christian life's a bit of a marathon. Um, sometimes you're running uphill and sometimes you're running downhill. Sometimes it's snowing and sometimes it's sunny. Um... And if my foolishness, um, thank you, created any additional weight or hardship for you, then um, please forgive me. Um, I said back on the 28th that um, I was real disoriented um, when this happened because I didn't understand how it happened. I mean, I'm a, I'm a man who guards his life and doctrine fairly closely. And so I was disoriented by the fact that um, meant one, that the accusation came and then um, I, I was confused by even some of the things that progressed after that. And um, I, I do think um, that it revealed some unhealth in me that was a, a blind spot that that I just couldn't see. and um, And so I'm... I couldn't be more grateful um, that the elders are, look, there are three things um, to the man. Um, They love the word of God ferociously. They love Jesus Christ deeply, and they love me and my family. Um, And we have felt that through this whole ordeal. Um, and so there's, there's no, I mean, I, I hear the whispers. That there's no beef between us and the elders. I don't know what you think about their play. I agreed with it. I, I'm grateful that they love this church. They love Jesus. They love the Word And they love us enough that they're driven by conviction enough um, to, to model what, what needed to be modeled here. And so um, if, if I caused any burden, I'm so sorry. And, and then I want to thank the elders, and I want to thank Summer and Exec, and I want to thank uh, the staff that had to carry a, a significant load um, be, because of the work I was doing. The elders asked me to do um, two intensives and um, and then a neurological exam, and then uh, which if you don't know my backstory, we, we probably needed to do that, right? I, I don't have a right frontal lobe, um, if you remember that back in 09. Um If you're a guest, I had brain cancer, and I had to some surgery and some, and man, I I think that that process has given me insight into exactly what happened. Um, So they don't have to be anxious about that or nervous about that. And I think in time uh, I'll share more. I don't have like six key learnings for you this morning. I just feel like fresh out of surgery. So um, I feel tender and um, alive to the Lord and grateful to be back with you and uh, again, I, I think for for all the talking points that may or may not need to happen this morning, I think my heart is I'm sorry, like I I, I failed you, and I know you love me, and I know you're so and I, I appreciate so you have so been the grace of God to us tangibly. So thank you for that, but I'm sorry um, for any burdens I've caused or difficulties that my um, foolishness kind of brought about in your own journey with the Lord. And I'm so thankful um, for you and for these elders and for our staff and um, it, like, the Lord met us, and he, and he carried us through, and I don't want to lose sight of that. I don't want to lose, like, like chances of your stuff ever being made public and making salon um, is probably slim, and, and yet the Lord's going to be serious about your heart and to pursue the depths of who you are because he loves you. Um, and the more we can submit and bow to King Jesus, um, the more health, vibrancy, and wholeness is available to us. And so here in a second, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to turn it back over to Josh, but um, I, I did want to, I knew, I mean, I, I've known like today was going to be all eyes on me. And if you've been here for 20 years, you know how much I hate that. And so I'm eager for us. Um, you, you don't leave this behind. This now is a part of our story, right? So I'm like, okay, let's give it, no, 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 we're a whole new place now. I don't even know what that means yet, but we're going to find out together, so I'm eager for that. And so, I'm sorry. Thank you. I do love you more than you know I do. So. Yeah.
0: I want to uh, invite up the elders, if you guys could make your way up here. And... um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pray for Matt, uh, a restorative prayer, welcoming him back, and uh, we're glad to do it. Uh, we do it with full hearts, and uh, as these men make their way up here, here, y'all, y'all come in the, in, the, in the box. If you, you catch the flu, you're fine. We love you, Matt. <laughs> it's just a cold. It's always just a cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I hope that you know, and you might not, um, the brotherhood that exists here uh, and the unity that exists with these men. Um, you have you've prayed for that, I hope. Uh, you have labored in prayer asking God that the leadership of the church, namely the elders, would be men who love the Lord, who are unified and serious about the scriptures, and serious about the care and the attention and the growth of this church. And God has answered your prayer. Um, this group is a unified group who loves one, it's the most prayerful group of elders I've been a part of in my 18 plus years here. And that's not saying anything against previous groups, it just means this, this group of men labor together. Uh, and, and we're glad to do it uh, for you, for the king uh, and for one another. And so, uh, Matt, you know this, as we met yesterday and had a private time of restoration that we're glad to stand up here and demonstrate to you, church, publicly what we were able to do yesterday morning together. Uh, And I said this to you, and I'm gonna say it again, you just made the surgery reference. I had this image of an athlete uh, that maybe has a knee surgery, right? And and the doctor says to the athlete after the surgery, your knee's strong. Now get out and run. And there can be that, like, timidity the first time back as you're testing the knee. Uh, And I want you to know, and on behalf of all of us, and I trust this church affirms it, uh, your knee's good. Run. Run, brother. And so that's what we want. And I also just want to say this as we, as we pray. Um, I have no desire to conceal my excitement. I really don't. Uh, and my excitement is not about, oh, thank God that we don't have to preach as much because Matt's bad. <laughs> uh, that's really not it. But as I have reflected over what this has been, this has been a picture of Jesus with his people. And I'm excited for us to see that and to highlight that. Because Hebrews says this about, his, uh, about God's children, that he will pursue his children. And sometimes that pursuit is a disciplinary pursuit, and that's normal. And he does it, why? The scripture says, because he loves you. And it's actually proof positive that you're a son, that you're a daughter. And so for us to have walked through that cycle, that reality, and then not to leave it there, but to get to see on display mercy, grace, love. And as I read the scriptures, that's what leaps off the page to me. As I see the heart of our Father, it's a heart that's a restorative heart a heart that calls the sons and daughters back home. And so that's what we're doing. And so my excitement, church, is for us to see this gospel picture in the flesh, this story playing itself out in our church reality. And so with all of that, if we could lay hands on this brother and pray. Our Father, we love you and we thank you. You have been so kind and so good. Uh, you have not withheld the scalpel. That's just true. And yet, we testify that that is evidence of our sonship. We testify that that signifies uh, in our own hearts and to those who are watching. We're, we're your children. And you don't, leave, you don't leave your kids on the table. You bandage us up and you get us back you sit with us. You help our hearts heal. We thank you for that. I'm grateful for Matt. grateful for Lauren. grateful for Audrey and Reed and Nora. I'm grateful for the work that you've done in the depths of their heart. And we're glad to say this morning, welcome back. Welcome back. And in many ways, Lord, you know this. They, they didn't go anywhere. They've been here. They've been worshiping. And so, Lord, as we restore our brother this morning, we do it with glad hearts, with full hearts, with eager hearts, and we rejoice in you, our King, because you have done a good work. You've done a good work. Your death was sufficient and is sufficient, and your resurrection validates all of it. So we rejoice, and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Yeah. Church family, would you stand with us as we sing together?
1: As a family, we're going to turn our eyes towards the King who pursues us that way, who loves us, who pursued us by coming to earth as a child, as His own creation. As we say, O oh, come, let us adore Him.
2: O oh, come.
1: thank you that you have sent your son that Emmanuel has come thank you for your spirit that he's given he's with us still that he's working still we thank you that your son will come again he will reign forever we put all our hope we put all of our confidence in that and also we, we need help to do that more so we pray uh, through this time, through songs we sing, through worship, through eyes lifted to you and fixed on you, and through your word, you would change us to look more like him and you would fill us with anticipation of his return. We Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you're doing. We pray this in Jesus' name.
3: Good morning, church. My name is John Renner, grateful to serve in our recovery and care ministries here at the church as well as singing in the choir. Shout out to the choir. Here we go. Our reading this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Good morning. Um I'm probably only going to go about fifteen to twenty minutes, seriously, because of my voice and because of the other elements um there there's kind of a set of subversive expectations uh, that we can't help but drink in uh, around this time of year, Christmas time, like uh, we've been steeping in it our whole lives like this is this is the time of the year um let me. This is the time of the year when Buddy will be reconciled to his father that abandoned him. And Ralphie, doesn't matter that he actually is going to shoot his eye out, he's going to get the Red Ryder BB gun. And and the Grinch, his heart's going to grow three sizes during this time of the year. And Scrooge, Scrooge is going to magically become a, a generous and kind human being. And Clark, Clark's gonna get that bonus check right <laughs> in time to put the pool in, right? And, and this is what you and I are steeping in in this time of year, Christmas time, right? Like this is the message, and it's been uh, the message that you and I have received about this magical time of year our whole lives. It, it, it works uh, because it pulls on what Ecclesiastes 3.11 calls eternity in our hearts. Like all of these movies uh, and all of these shows and all of this kind of, yes, reconciliation's going to happen. Yes, forgiveness is possible. Yes, I'm wanted. Yes, loneliness will be driven out of my life. Yes, relational reconciliation with people I love will happen. Even though uh, Uncle uh, John wears me out, this is the year. Even though my kids are wayward, this is the year that all of it comes together. And on Sunday morning, or on Christmas morning, actually it's Sunday morning, on Christmas morning, magic happens. And and the reason why that story is told around this period of time, you have the Hallmark channel, that's all you're watching, right? Um, The reason why this works uh, is because you and I are living in a house built by the kingdom of God. The the reason why these things during this period of time captivate the secular, the atheist, the believer, the Buddhist, the you name it. The reason why we're all drawn in is because it's it's touching this part in us that's so hopeful. Um, The problem is the promises of the kingdom without the king Well always leave us frustrated, empty, and and waking up to the realization that our hope has failed us, that our hope has failed us. Like if, if you're, uh, and, and here's what I think. I don't even think it's like this kind of front of mind, this is the year that all happens. It's just kind of a nostalgia that we're like, this is kind of the year, like in the deep places, that uh, my sister and I this year, we're gonna be reconciled, you know? Maybe, maybe I'll get an opportunity to convince, you know, cousin Bill that he's voting the wrong way. <laughs> For the good of the kingdom and country, of course. Right? It's just a, a hope that these strained relationships, these broken parts of us, or how about this, maybe in the deepest part of who we are, that, that kind of subversive question rolls around in there. Am I wanted? Can I be forgiven? The things that I've put my family through, the, the things that I've failed at. Am I really wanted? Can I really be forgiven? See, I don't know if you knew that, like uh, Buddy the Elf it is, man, it is a master class on broken family dynamics and, and a picture of, oh my gosh, look, that he not only has been reconciled, but all the past has been undone and they saved Christmas together, right? And this is, this is the message and it, it provokes in us because, listen to me, it is a shadow of something real. It's a shadow of something real. See, see, um, the hope that you and I have is one for peace, internal peace and external peace. Can I be forgiven? Am I actually wanted? Can I be reconciled to the world around me, to the relationships that are frayed? Or, or maybe can I get deeper into those relationships so they're more meaningful and, and create in me a sense of stability and belonging? Um, and the reason why Advent starts the Christian calendar is because it wants to, root our hope in an ever-increasing peace that is available to those who will submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So that the coming of Jesus Christ ushers in an opportunity for peace. That that thing that, that all of those shows kind of provoke in us, those hopes in the deeper parts of our being, Advent, the Christian calendar starts with peace has arrived and he's got a name. And so, as we kind of orient our hearts heading in um, to this last stretch before Christmas morning, it's important that we don't get caught up as awesome as they are in tinsels and trees and getting everybody's presents done and, and where we're, what we're having for lunch and how it's going to work out and all the details of where's this person, are we going out to how we do it? Like, while we work through all that, we just can't lose sight of the fact that all of that, as fun as it can be, It's a shadow of a greater reality. And if you worship the shadow and not the reality, then you have that weird moment like when you take everything down and your house kind of looks plain again, and the lights are all gone, and and some of the kind of aesthetic beauty of this season vanishes, and then it feels plain, and it feels empty, and, and then you know, you know your kid. You know you've got a gift right now that cost you a pretty penny that will not survive till lunch on <laughs> Christmas Day. Uh, you, you know that, that we're going to open gifts and that's going to be awesome and then life's still there. And then all the highs and lows of being human are still present and Santa didn't solve squat. And yet if we turn our eyes away from the shadow to the form then according to the text, he himself is our peace. So let's look at this passage together because Advent tells us that in the coming of Jesus Christ, we can experience forgiveness, see that we're wanted, have reconciliation in all directions, or at least it makes it possible. So Ephesians 2, starting in verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off has been, have been brought near by the blood of Christ And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Now, the context of this passage matters, right? We don't just lift this out of the Bible and make it say something else. This passage finds itself in kind of the Mount Everest of gospel presentations in the book of Ephesians, chapter one and chapter two. In fact, it's right after those great first 10 verses of Ephesians that if you're not quite sure about the Christian life, go read that passage and I think it'll unlock who Jesus is and what he's come to do for you and for me. But this passage in particular is speaking to uh, a division that was based on uh, morality, it was based based on ethnicity, and it was based on a series of ordinances and cleanliness laws and dietary laws that separated the Jews from the Gentiles. And so the Jews were um, this kind of monotheistic, they had a very regimented way of doing life, festivals and feasts and cleanliness laws and things they would eat and things that they wouldn't eat. And the rest of Athens was filled with polytheistic pagans who, who were prone to witchcraft and, and going to temple prostitutes. And, and the Bible is saying, the Bible is saying that in the coming of Jesus, peace is brought to both of them. It's brought to both of them. That peace is brought to the lawless and peace is brought to the weary. And that's probably too simply stated for the complexity that is us, right? Because uh, I feel like I can be weary and lawless at the same time, lawless and weary. I can go in all sorts of different directions, but I think the, 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 the text itself will help us see what's going on here. So look, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. I love this passage. Who, who comes and preaches peace to you? Well, the God who you've rebelled against. This is a profound m- moment here where, where God has moved towards the lawless. He, he has moved towards the polytheistic pagan in Ephesus who's prone to witchcraft and temple prostitution. So I don't know your backstory. I, I don't know the struggle you've walked in with, but I'm guessing you didn't kind of you know, worship Satan last night and visit a temple prostitute. I'm guessing you're doing a smidge better than that. And yet the evidence here is that you're not gonna outsend the grace of God. So the question, look at me, the question, that deep place, am I, am I really wanted? Like, am I wanted? Can I be forgiven? Well, well, it's in the coming of Christ, there's the objective evidence that you are wanted, that you can be forgiven, that he has come to bring you peace. Gosh, I know what it's like no one, and, and let's see, no one is meaner to me than I am. No one. There's not a person on earth who is as hard as on me that I am on me. Anybody else? Yeah, that's gonna be most of us. Like sometimes it's even hard for us to receive love because we know us. Right, people are trying to love us, but they're like, well, they can't really, I mean, if they really knew me, there's no way they could. It's a crazy thing that we do to ourselves, and yet here, the evidence is that Christ has come to bring peace. You are wanted. You can be forgiven that you haven't outsend the cross of Christ. That no matter what your past difficulty or present struggle is, here's Jesus inviting you over for Christmas dinner. And it's pretty it's pretty profound. The dividing wall of hostility worked in both ways. The dividing wall of hostility started between God and man. Your primary issue is not a horizontal issue. It is a vertical issue. Now, this is hard in 2022, right? Because nobody sins anymore, right? I mean, there's bad stuff out there, but it's just that bad things happen. And and it's probably because of other people. And, and if there's no sin in my life that keeps me away from God and then fractures my relationship with others, then, then really the new kind of moral virtue is for me to show you the kind of people I don't like. Well, that's, that's a problem. And what actually is wrong and the hostility that actually exists is because you and I think we're better gods than God is. That you and I believe that we know what's best for us rather than our creator does. That you and I fail to acknowledge his goodness and grace and take whatever is good and take credit for it. And if anything bad happens, like to lavish the blame on him if he actually exists. And yet this dividing wall of hostility first horizontally is bridged in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that and that alone starts to make possible horizontal reconciliation, right? Because if I'm reconciled to God, then the first thing I have to do is admit I have sinned against God and ask God for forgiveness. And that then becomes the platform by which I don't have to fix you, but I can own my own junk before you in the hopes that we can be reconciled. Like, how well has it worked for you to work on reconciling a relationship with your lead foot going, I got a list of things that you screwed up at? Anybody married in here? How's that going? How's that going? Listen, I'd like to rehash the fight that we got in, you know, last night. And sometimes I just don't understand you, woman. Like, that's not going, that doesn't, no one's got a story where that ended well. There's not, not one in human history. He's like, I just told her what was up, and then it was magical after that. Like, it, it just, reconciliation horizontally will rarely work without vertical reconciliation because I know, oh, my gosh, I've fallen short. That doesn't mean it's all my fault, what, what beef might happen between me and somebody else. There could be all sorts of sin involved. I just know if I'm involved, I've got a little piece in it. I might be 1% of the peace, but I'm a peace. And Jesus comes here to those who are far and says, you're wanted. Come sit. You're welcomed. You're forgiven. I know I saw it. Made provision for that before you were born. Receive my forgiveness. Walk in the peace that I know you and I knew what I was buying on the cross and I haven't left you or abandoned you. Come, you're welcome. But it's not just the lawless, but it's also the weary. So if we keep reading the text, how does he do this? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace. And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. So um, if you know the Old Testament, you know that the Jews had uh, quite a bit of um, rigid laws and a system that they had to abide by. There were restrictions on meat and fowl and fish and insects and creepy things, Uh, all sorts of cleanliness laws about how many times they had to wash. There were seven feasts and festivals that must be kept. And if you've read the Old Testament, man, did they struggle to keep it. And then if you even look at the New Testament, man, they struggled to keep it. And even many who did keep it didn't give God their hearts, which is what he wanted. They gave kind of moral behavior. They tried to conform to some standard of law rather than letting their hearts be known and loved by God. And having some experience in that, I can just testify personally, that creates weariness. See, when Christ comes, he doesn't abolish the moral law, but he does abolish the, like, circumcision. You you can be a Christian and not be circumcised. You can be a Christian and enjoy that bacon. Well done. You you can't. Like, this is a thing. Like, pork is on the menu again. Why? Because Christ has abolished the ordinances and, and these dietary restrictions and laws and is instead become our peace, become our cleanliness, become the one who fulfills the righteous requirement of the law. So not only is peace preached to those who are lawless, but it's also preached to the one who has forgotten. Here, look at me. That what God is after, look at me, is you. Can you hear me? Like not moral betterment, although I think that's a byproduct. Not not a more righteous lifestyle, which will happen naturally. Look at me, it's so crazy. He wants you, like your heart, the deep parts of you, the parts of you that you think no one else would want. He wants them. And when you get stuck in kind of religious, frenetic activity, trying to earn what he's so happy to just give you, Creates weariness, man. It's an exhausting thing to try to earn what you've been freely given. And so he's, he's preaching peace, not just to those who were lawless, didn't know the law, didn't know uh, the, the restrictions, didn't know, right? They were polytheistic, pagan, temple prostitute visiting witches. But then the most clean, upright we don't even have Netflix. We don't watch TV in our house. We read the scriptures and Augustine. Yeah, there, look at me. There is a weariness to fundamentalism that snatches the soul just about as easy as anything licentious. And Christ has come to say, no, no. Peace for both of you is found in me, not only that, but I'm gonna take you both and I'm gonna create a whole new community of people. Which is one of my favorite things about this church. Some of you got some grimy, grimy, grimy backgrounds, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like, if you had any idea who's sitting around you, you'd be a little nervous. <laughs> Certainly would have your stuff closer to you. <laughs> and, and yet, the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what? the one who grew up in Sunday school and used religiosity to not surrender to Jesus is just in need of the peace of God as the one who got deep into drugs ended up doing really devastating things to themselves and those who love him and now have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And he puts us all together and says, you need each other, and I'm gonna create something new here. And so let me end like this. Verse 17 says this. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. So why don't you do me a favor? Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just told you people are shady around you. You'll be fine. We've got security. (laughs) Like like I wonder, I've been thinking as I was trying to prep for this week and knew it needed to be tight. And I, I wonder if you would define yourself as someone who's been near. Like you've grown up in church or you've um, been around the Christian community for a while. You, you, know, you, you know that you love Jesus. And yet, man, the last three years, they have been just really difficult years. And you find, you've noticed in your heart, like some cynicism and some anxiety that are, that are starting to be more normal than you would like. You, you found yourself at times, you know, making, you know, doing an outburst and not understanding, or, or breaking down and crying over something that feels like it was little and shouldn't have caused that. You just feel anxious and you feel cynical. But you know Jesus, like you, you, you would consider yourself a Christian. You are following after him. But but over the last couple of years, man, the hardship of life, the weariness of the age the fear mongering that you and I steep in, maybe real trauma in your life has created significant anxiety and created some cynicism. And, and this morning, you're going to say, I don't, I don't want that anymore. I want the peace of Jesus. If that's you, you're like, man, I'm, I've just noticed a growing sense of those things in my life. And I don't want to lay those down and ask Jesus again to be my peace. If that's you, would you just lift your hand where you are? There's nothing magic about this. It's just getting the body involved a little bit and go, yeah, man, I, I don't want to. I, want to. I want to say yes to the lordship of Jesus. I want to receive his peace. Praise God. Why don't you put your hands down? Thank you for that. And then I'm wondering if you're in here, and, and I love some of the some of you I get to meet out in the community. Like I wonder if you would consider yourself someone who's far off. Like maybe you're here this morning to um, there's like a gift to your spouse or something, or a buddy's been wearing you out about coming, and so here you are, and you've considered yourself someone who is far off. I was having a conversation with a guy even two weeks ago that said if he ever came into church, he thought that the Lord would strike him down. Well, that's somebody who considers. Himself far off. And yet, the message of the gospel is there's peace for you. And so, maybe you've been hanging around here a bit. Maybe you've heard the gospel. Maybe your friend's been reading the Bible with you. And you've never really taken that step where you said, you know what? I can feel that my own lordship over my life has grown thin and powerless. And I want to say yes to Jesus today. I want to surrender my own lordship to his lordship. And if that's you in here this morning, would you just raise your hand where you are? You don't need to be ashamed about that. Everybody in this room's had this moment. And you would just say, man, I just need to say yes. I need to not walk in my own lordship anymore, but surrender to his. Praise God, thank you. Okay, I wanna pray for us. If you raise your hand on either one of those, I'm gonna ask you just to kind of cup your hand there in front of you. That, I, I'm sorry if you think that's weird. I'm just gonna ask the Holy Spirit to fill that. In you. Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you for this season. I, I, I love it, what a, what a great fall, the leaves, the lights. And so we thank you that behind all of that, there's a good and kind king and we thank you, Jesus, that you know there are no secrets before you. You know, every, you know things about us we can't see about ourselves, and yet you continue to move towards us in love. And your banner over us isn't condemnation, it's not a more robust moral law, but rather it's peace. Peace to those who are far, peace to those who are near. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, so many of them. Just like, man, I'm, I've got some significant anxiety, I've got some some significant cynicism stirring up in my heart. Holy Spirit, I just pray you minister to them this morning as we sing, as we move into what's next for us in our day, there'd be a sense of your nearness, a sense of your goodness, a sense of your grace in our lives. For those who feel far off, I just pray they would experience you, not just know things about you, but, but even as we sing here in a moment in those deeper places, they would know that you're here, that you see them, that you haven't abandoned them, and that you're good. We say it all the time, we need you, Lord. Please don't leave us on our own. We will easily wreck it all. It's for your beautiful name I pray, amen. Would you stand with me as we sing?
1: As we say this, all our peace, all our hope, all our confidence is in what Christ does, what Christ has done. Not what we can build, not what we can do on our own.
0: a time of communion we did want to set aside some time as a church to honor the Chandler family so I'm gonna say a few words to them uh, but I want to say it to them when they're up here Uh, so would y'all make your way up can y'all welcome the Chandler family Here, y'all fill this in. I know you don't like it, Audrey. It's okay. Y'all get over here. Get in there. You got it. You love this, Linda. Okay. Um, Today marks 20 years, and that's a significant milestone, and it's a milestone worth celebrating. It's a milestone worth honoring, and uh, we're going to do it today, and we're going to do more in the spring. I want to say a couple of things, and I'm going to start with Audrey. Uh, When I think about you, Audrey, kind of this anniversary also notes, I mean, when you guys got here, you were in your mama's tummy, and uh, born in February of 03, and uh, you have been a part of this church as long as this entire family, and I want you to know that we love you and we care for you, and you've grown up here, uh, and as a... As a, as a dad who has kids who are out there, you kind of help pave the way and pioneer it. And that's a big deal. Uh, and it's, it's not easy being a pastor's kid. That's just true. That's just true. And I hope that, that we're sensitive to that, uh, and I am. And on behalf of us, we want to say thank you to you, Audrey. Uh, and so we're grateful for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee she hated most of that, but I pray it hits your heart in a good way. And Reed and Nora, uh, Reed, Nora is nearly taller than you, which is amazing. Um, But, uh, man, Reed, you're my guy. And you're a great kid, a great young man. And uh, I, I always enjoy my interactions with you. Uh, I know my son, who's right over there, looks up to you. Uh, We all think you're great. And to see the young man that you're becoming, uh, and as you've grown up in this church, uh, you've got a quiet strength about you. You really do. And we're thankful for you. We really are. Yeah. Nora, you're the life of the party. (laughs) You're the life of the party. Beautiful, a, a blossoming young woman. And what a gift you are. You bring energy and vitality and life, and we're thankful for you. And I pray that you guys receive this and hear this. Uh, Lauren, uh, thank you. So 20 years, uh, and at some some level, we've been right next to you guys and got to grow up in so many ways here. Um, and you have, uh, she's bore a hidden sacrifice. Just a, It's just a hidden cost, and Uh, It's not a bad thing, it's just a thing. But sometimes it can feel like a tough thing. (laughs) Um, But with all of those little costs, I pray, and I know this is true uh, about your heart, that there's been a thousand graces and a thousand blessings and a thousand mercies. And you need to know that you are representative to us, one of God's great gifts to this church. And we're thankful. Yeah. 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 These are Lauren's parents. This is Linda and Johnny Walker. How cool of a name, Johnny Walker. I mean, seriously. Uh, Y'all are steadfast, faithful. I mean, truly. Uh, Johnny, we all talk about you behind your back. Uh, In the best kind of way. When we grow up, we want to be like Johnny Walker. Uh, He plays the guitar and the harmonica, and he can build anything, and he can sit with people and care for them well. And uh, I just love you, have for a long, long time. And Linda, you're a gift. Been a faithful mom and a faithful grandma and faithful in this church. You got an eye for beauty and you see things well and you know how to put things together in such a way that's really meaningful and really significant. And you guys are a gift to our church. Matt, I can say a ton. I just want you to know uh, I love you. Just like a brother, just I love you. Uh, and I care about you a whole lot. And I think about 2001, which is how far I go back, um, and I heard you preach a message that my heart came alive to. And you just did it again. And it was a message of grace. It was a message of hope. Um, And I've had the privilege of knowing you more than just a preacher. And that's what I love about you. You're more than just a preacher. You're a man whose heart is on fire for the Lord. And that has helped my heart come alive. And so for the way that you've cared for us and shepherded us and led us and kind of been the tip of the spear in so many ways and shouldered a thousand things, man, we're thankful. So can we thank this family? Father, we love you, we thank you, we bless you. 20 years, what a good gift and what a milestone. Uh, We don't take it for granted. Oh Lord, you know, (laughs) you know the ups and the downs and the battles and the sufferings and the victories and the mountaintops and the valleys and uh, there's a lot of water under the bridge. And you have proven yourself faithful over and over and over again. And so we rejoice. We rejoice. I thank you for Audrey. I thank you for Reed. I thank you for Nora. I thank you for Matt, for Lauren, for Linda, for Johnny. I thank you for this family. And I pray for continued, steadfast faithfulness. We love you. We bless you for them in Christ's name. Amen. Thank y'all. Love you. Now to the table. And we have the privilege of enjoying this meal together. And, you know, Matt set it up really well out of the book of Ephesians when he talks about Jesus being our peace, that peace is a person. And as we come to the table, we come with the recognition, now hear this, the recognition that in some ways we don't belong because we know, and yet, and yet he has made a way that says, oh no, 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 in me, you actually become new, you become new. Where Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians 5 that you are a new creation, the old is passed away and behold, all things are becoming new and so Jesus is saying to you, son and daughter, pull up a seat. You belong here. I have made a way. I am your peace. And we get to sit around the table with brothers and sisters who have that same experience of redemptive love, the same experience of reconciliation, the same experience of scales dropping from the eyes, the same experience of death to life, darkness, to light and because of what Jesus has done for those who would believe he then invites us around a table and says you belong here you belong here so settle in and eat enjoy so as we gather we're reminded when Jesus took the bread he broke the bread and he said this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup and he blessed the cup. He said that the cup represents his shed blood meant to cover us and cleanse us and we drink in remembrance of him. Church family, would you stand as we end our time singing the doxology together,
4: praise God from bless, Lord, blessings flow, praise Him, all creatures. He-
1: If you need prayer, there are men and women up here at the
2: front of the stage that would love to serve you in that way. Go in peace. Have a great week.